0: Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us if you're watching online or listening by podcast later this week. As we kick off a new year with a new sermon series I'm excited to tell you about. And it's going to line up with a new season in our church that you're going to be excited for. Let me first tell you about the sermon series called, say these two words with me, Breaking Free. Uh, You know, when they first train an elephant to stay. So maybe in parts of the world where they're used for hauling or shipping. Or uh, places where they're used for uh, entertainment or maybe even in some zoos. What they'll do with the elephant is put a chain around the ankle of the elephant and then it cannot go beyond the length of that chain. And you've seen like the elephant, you know, wobble with their foot up as they try to figure that out and figure out where they can, where they can go and how far they can go. But once that elephant has lived for a while or uh, they've grown up that way with that chain, the trainer can then put... The smallest of ropes around that elephant's ankle and it will stay there. Maybe you've even seen that of it'll just have this small, small rope that you know the elephant with half its energy could break that rope, but it doesn't do it because it thinks it's the chain or it's trained its mind in a way that when it feels that there, it feels that it's, it's, it can't break free. And some of us could break free from old frustrations or addictions, habits, uh, sins, and weights that are bringing us down, but we just don't believe it. We're fooled into thinking that it's something that it's not, and we can absolutely, my goal in this series is to convince you that you can break free. In this series, we're going to be rooted in two books in the New Testament called First and 2 Corinthians and we'll have selected passages from other places of Scripture as we use the Bible to interpret the Bible. But let me, let me describe to you Corinthians before we start looking at any verses. Uh, the names of many of the books of the New Testament uh, are, are named for the place that they are, the church where they are. Because the Apostle Paul uh, would start many of these churches, then he'd go on and he'd write a letter back to them. So... Uh, got the church in Ephesus, and then we get the book of Ephesians, or uh, he went to Philippi, then we get the book of Philippians, and he'd plant these churches and write back to them under the the guidance of the Holy Spirit, giving them doctrine and correction and helping them out. Now Corinth is in modern-day Greece, and of all the churches Paul planted, I believe Corinth probably best represents or looks most like our modern-day setting, Uh, They were financially prosperous. Our society is prosperous financially. Even poverty here looks different than it does in many places in the world. Uh, Corinth was also morally corrupt. And in my view, our society is morally corrupt. I probably wouldn't have to do much to convince you of that as well. And they were intellectually arrogant. They worshipped their own intellect. And they thought they knew better that they could... Philosophize and reasonize, and and the whole thing of anything that they were doing, and so Paul's writing, confronting, correcting uh, this church that had a really good heart and was wanting to follow Christ in God's way, uh, but they're being polluted or tainted by the culture that they're surrounded by, and so he writes these corrective letters that just have so much application for us today. And in the first chapter of chapter 1, he says this, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. So those who don't believe it, they look at it and say, Well, that's, that's just too simple or that's uh, foolish thinking or simplistic thinking. But Paul goes on to say, But to you and to me, like to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. He would say, it changed my life. And the people in Corinth would say, yeah, for us, like it's, it's changing our family. It's rescuing us. It's, it's powerful. And then he, he quotes the Old Testament here. He says, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent. I will frustrate. And, and he's quoting God here, quoting from the book of Isaiah. And he's saying that Man, the, the, the super smart of the people that try to approach this everything from an, just an intelligent level, they're going to be frustrated. God says they're going to be frustrated by what I'm up to and what I'm able to do. And he's just making the point here that those who don't follow God, those who don't believe it, you don't even really have to argue with someone who disagrees. They'll find out at the end of the day uh, because every time you go against God's ways, you end up a prodigal in a pig pen. And he says, goes on, he says, where is the wise man, where is the scholar, where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And the reason I'm bringing out this verse is because some of the things that I'll share in this series, even some Christians, they're going to say, well, that's foolish, that, that's old thinking. And you'll find out that God will make foolish what the world calls progressive thinking because our, our society, our culture is taking steps backward and then calling it progress, calling it progressive. We see in verse 25, it says, for the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. And we're going to go through a journey this January, through topics that we're all being affected by, afflicted by the most. The Bible said we would be. And some of the scriptures that we'll read in this series, uh, there's places in the world where you would be jailed for reading them in church publicly. It's considered, even in church, to read it out loud publicly is considered a hate crime. And so I'm so thankful for the freedom that I have uh, right now to preach Uh, the whole word of God and let's pray for those who don't have that freedom but continue on and carry on regardless and you might feel some pushback rise up in you during this series but I just ask you to consider God's word and put it to the test and put me the Bible tells you to put me to the test against God's word as well and we'll find that the the apostles are constantly confronting the wisdom of the world And we'll confront it because it's locking people in a false prison. They think there's a chain there when God has already broken the chains. And we want to experience that. I know you don't want to just play church. You want to experience God in a powerful way in your life, and your family. I know you're looking for that. And it begins with giving your heart and life to Christ. If you haven't done that, you need to start the journey of knowing God through Jesus Christ putting your faith, your trust in Him, receiving His gift of salvation. And when you know God through Jesus Christ, He says your spirit is made alive, that that part of you is made perfect. But the rest of you has to catch up to that, right? (laughs) Like the rest of you isn't, it's behind all of that. Your soul, your emotions, your habits, addictions, relationship problems. And some people can know God for a long time, but still have things that they've got to get free from. And, and once you do that, then you kind of notice that the, the smudge is off and you can see what God's calling you to do and see God's purpose and, and see what he has for us. So today we're going to lay some groundwork and then we're going to dig into some specific areas following the next week, um, the next following weeks. But here's the cool part of all this As we talk about these strongholds, I'll explain what that means in a moment, and how the enemy works in our lives. At the same time, we've coupled it with a powerful time in our church called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And I'll tell you all about 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, but I want you to watch what God does when you take something powerful like this, a freedom series with this prayer and fasting. It's going to be a powerful thing in your life it's going to break some strongholds. What is, what is a stronghold? Today I want to look at a passage in 2 Corinthians and break this down. In it we get the title of today's message. It says, for though we live in the world, which you and I do, we do not wage war as the world does. How does the world wage war? Well, we know how it wages war, it's through control and control tactics and and weapons of the world that we, we know about and, and torture and all these things that it does. It says, no, you have weapons, but the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. So though you live in the world, you're not supposed to fight the way that the world fights. God has given you, on the contrary, another way, other weapons, spiritual weapons. And they have divine power To what? To say these two words with me. To demolish strongholds. And this will be a series about the strongholds that we have that grip our life. So you're free in a lot of areas. Maybe even 90% of the things that most people deal with, not even an issue for you. And you know God. You're a believer. You are saved. You're a Christian. You're going to heaven. But there's still this one area that won't let go... Maybe it's in your emotions, Uh, maybe it's in your relationships, could be an addiction or a habit or some area of anger or bitterness, or maybe it's in your lust or in your mind or in your thoughts. I don't know what it is, but you haven't been able to shake it. And I'm telling you, do not give up. Do not give up. We're going to be free. Scripture says we demolish arguments and every... We'll come back to this word, but every pretension, which is where we get the word pretending, the thing that's pretending, it's set itself up against the knowledge of God. So the truth of God, the way he sees you, the way he sees the world. And then here's the action step. So what do we do? We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, the word strongholds um, that's in there that we'll talk about in this series Here's your definition. If you're taking notes, a stronghold is a prisoner locked by deception. That's what a stronghold is. A stronghold, it feels like it has power, but it really doesn't. It's just a lie. It's a deception. You think it has more power in your life than it actually does. This is just the actual concordance definition of the word stronghold. A prisoner locked by deception and living life by something that is not true. It's not true, but you've been convinced that it's true. It's the rope on the elephant's ankle, something you could break free, but you're deceived into that it's something that it's not. And that's where the pretension comes in. What is a pretension? A pretension is anything that exalts itself in our minds, pretending to be bigger or more powerful than our God. And we buy into pretensions all the time that, that we'll look at something and be like, man, that's so powerful. Or we'll put our fear in that thing and we'll start to lose our faith in God and put our fear in that institution or that person or that thing that's happening. But when you're able to step back from it, whenever you break the stronghold and you look at it, you're like, there's no way that's, I mean, it's laughable that we'd be afraid of that person or that thing because there's no way it's more powerful Than God, it's just pretending to be more powerful. It's pretending to be bigger than it really is. And this is what people go through all the time. is that we're so close to our deliverance, to our freedom, to a a full life in Christ. But we've given authority to something that's just a pretension. We've made a bigger deal out of it than it really is. The enemy, the thing that we give pretension, has no actual power. I mean, it can do some things. Like the devil, he has some power. He can do some things. But catch this, he has no authority. Christ has given you the authority. And in his name, through the power of the Spirit, there is authority. But how do you know if you've built up a pretension? How do you know that you have a stronghold? You'll know it because... It takes on some symptoms. Write write these in. Strongholds steal our focus. You're trying to concentrate on things, but you'll notice that your mind begins to be consumed by other things, and you lose your focus. Another symptom is that you feel controlled. Strongholds cause us to feel controlled uh, by making you think that that's who you are, and it actually gives you the identity of the thing. And you think, oh, I could never do that. I'm not that person. I can't go out and and do that. I can't be that. And you take on the identity of the addiction. That's why I love and celebrate recovery. Like even the way you introduce yourself is I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. That's who I am. That's my identity. But here's the thing that I'm struggling with. But that struggle is not my identity. It's not who I am. Strongholds, what else can they do? They consume our emotional energy. Energy. So you have feelings of hopelessness or depression or you just feel there's no creativity. You feel drained all the time because we're living by a deception, by a lie. It also, maybe you never thought about this one, but it can distract us from our purpose. So for a lot of us, you're a Christian. You're just in this pretend chain and the enemy says, okay, I've lost them to Christ. Christ has saved them, redeemed them. But uh, maybe I can distract them to where every time they pray, they pray about themselves, or uh, they won't—they come to church, but it's just all about them, and that'll be perfect. I just keep them thinking about them, or just get them concentrated on their problems, thinking about their problems. They'll never do anything to fulfill God's purposes for the world, for the church, for their life. And it's a trick of the enemy. That's why I invite you to growth track today. I teach step one of the growth track and it's all about purpose. It's about what God is up to and just expanding your view of, of what, not to just live life for your problems, but to live life for the purposes God has given to you and why he created you. And I talk about our church and the purpose of the church and why we exist and why we do this and how to make God's purpose as part of your life. And then ultimately, What strongholds do is they rob us of a full life. And some of you have lost the idea that that... Like, I I talked to a guy this week about this message, and he said, a full life? I'm just trying to survive. I'm in survival mode. And I'm not just trying to be a preacher to hype you up to something today. But listen to me, this is true. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Like that is a promise to you. Do not give up on that idea. You can have what Jesus bled and died for. It belongs to you. He wants you to have it. That's why I love this verse in 2 Timothy 2.26. It says, They'll come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. So how do we do it? Maybe you say, okay, you've got my attention. You've got me convinced. I'm willing to at least take the next step of the journey. Great, it would be my honor to walk every single one of you through the process of whatever is holding you back to finding true freedom. And here we go again. What's the action step? This is where repentance begins. It begins in the mind. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's the action step. And so I want to lead you through a series. I want to lead you through 21 days. Give me a month here just attend every every weekend worship service, listen to every message. Just go all in with us in this month as we make this action step a reality in our life. What's the first step? The first step is I got to take back my thought life. We have so much information informing our thoughts. And we're, I mean, we're subscribed to most of this stuff. The news, the cable packages, the podcasts, the streaming services, the voices that we follow and read. And, I mean, we just, like, we rarely miss a day. Rarely miss a day on that website. Rarely miss a day, an episode uh, of that podcast or that show or that thing or, or the thing that's being produced And what's so great about starting the new year off right is as we approach 21 days of prayer and fasting that will begin next Sunday, you definitely need to to do some kind of fast where you get your mind back. Now, whenever the Bible talks about fasting, it's talking about food fasting. And And we're gonna do a food fast. I'll show you what that is in a moment. But I'd encourage you to couple that with some type of fast from media in some way, something that you're attached to that voice, that person, that thing, and just take a break from it for a moment and just get your own mind back. Don't let that thing think for you. Get your own mind back. And you know what it is. And I mean, some of it's unavoidable. I mean, you can't, unfortunately, you can't fast from a teacher at school or a certain coworker, but uh, you can turn a certain thing off for a little while. Listen very carefully. You cannot beat the enemy. You cannot win against the enemy who's constantly always in your ear. To overcome strongholds is we take every thought, we make it obedient to Christ. It's not the only verse that says that. Hang with me here as I just give you the theology of this a little bit more Romans 8, 5 through 6 says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, so they've got sins that dominate them, they can't break free from them, they think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, they think about things that please the Spirit. So you want to bring your mind, your attitude, your life, in repentance back under the Holy Spirit so you can think about things that please the Spirit. If your sinful nature controls your mind, things die relationships die, dreams, goals die. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and there is peace. Everything starts with a thought. This is why you need Jesus in your life. Because without the Holy Spirit inside you, uh, you are powerless against every rogue thought that comes into your mind. When Christ enters your life, When the Holy Spirit enters your life, you're able to take captive thoughts that are in your mind and make them obedient to Christ. You're able to say, well, that's not true. This is what truth is. And you're able to not be controlled by those rogue thoughts but be controlled by God, by the Holy Spirit. Your life is determined by what you think. If you think bad thoughts, you have a bad life. If you think smart thoughts, you have a smart life. If you think thankful thoughts, you have a thankful life. If you think encouraging thoughts, you have an encouraging life. You are what you think about, so be careful what you surrender your mind to. Be careful what you think about. Many problems come into our life because we're allowing other people to put thoughts in our mind instead of choosing them for ourselves. We let ungodly, untrustworthy people suggest things. Why let untrustworthy, ungodly people determine what you think? We've got to get back our mind. Take captive every thought. Make it obedient to Christ. Number two, we have to identify the lies. And maybe next to lie you put stronghold because we've got to identify what what they are. This is whatever the devil is lying to you about. The area of your life that the enemy has gripped you. In fact, over the month of January, we're going to talk about what the Bible says are big ones, big ones that we're all facing right now, afflicted by right now. And we're going to identify the lie. John :44 says, "When the devil lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies." He's lying to you. But when we expose the lie, we defeat the liar. When we believe the lie, it becomes a pretension. We give him the authority. When we expose the lie, it puts things in the proper place. And so we're going to expose the lies of the enemy. When, when the, Satan tempts you, he always goes through the same process. And the first step of that process is called deception. Where he lies and gets you to doubt what God has said is the truth, and to start believing that what you feel is the truth, or you start believing that uh, if, if I do it this way, I'll be happier than if I do it God's way, and you've got to get to the root of that lie and uproot it. Identify the lie, and then number three, here's the big one, is we're going to replace the lie with God's truth. There is nothing, nothing, nothing bigger and more powerful than our God. You can be free. Lies can be replaced with truth. People will say, well, some areas, I don't know. It's been such a, a long struggle. I don't know that I can be free. Or some people will say, I don't know if this person could ever really change, and I'm giving up. No, the Bible talks about it over and over. In fact, one thing that I want to make sure you hear is that scripture is actually more aggressive on this topic than, uh, than many Christians actually live. Because we'll say, well, I just want a, a safer Christianity. I don't want, like the Bible's talking about weapons and armor. I don't want weapons and armor. I just need this to be a little bit more vanilla, a little bit more plain, a little bit more day-to-day, and just a safer Christianity. No, the Bible is very aggressive on this. The Bible talks about weapons. It talks about spiritual warfare. It talks about praying. It talks about breaking strongholds. And it's how we fight back. And you might say, well, I don't know if I really want to go there. you're, You're buying into something that the enemy is selling and you're believing a lie. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 says, finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full... Like, Don't put on part of it, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And it goes on to list what that armor is, and we've taught that many times. It's these defensive things that you take on and you've got to have. But because that Corinthians verse talks about weapons, I want to highlight the weapons here. It says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray. It's the, it's the spiritual weapons that we take on. And what's interesting is during 21 days, we're going to use these weapons. So I'm issuing today a 21-day prayer and fasting challenge. You've got one week to get prepared. Week one is a week from today, next Sunday. And I want to be, I put this on your outline as well as the announcements today because I just wanted to be really clear what the challenge is and what I'm calling our church toward, what the charge exactly is. And it's this, that... And it's not 21 days of your choosing. We're all on the same 21. Day one is January 9th. And that is that for 21 days, you'll pray through a prayer outline every day. What's a prayer outline? You find it in this book uh, that we've made up and give out. They're in the back of the room today. Please take one. Many of you have one. If you don't know where it is, take another one. It's free to you. And it's a book that has about a half dozen prayer outlines in it. Like you would pray through the Lord's Prayer outline or what's called a tabernacle prayer or praying God's purposes for your children or uh, spiritual warfare prayers, scripture prayers. I, lo- this changed my prayer life. In fact, it's all, it's half the time stuck to my Bible and I have to peel it, peel it off. So it's got part of my Bible on it and there's stuff circled and there's names and places where you write in people in your life and and you write in your, like... God calls us to pray for our government and you write in who your representatives are and your people and you pray and you pray for lost people in your life and I've got stuff written in here that God has just impressed upon me going through one of these. So you grab this and you pray through one every day and it's transferable to how much time you want to give it. You can pray through one of these in five minutes. You can pray through one of these in 15, 20 minutes but pray through one every day. Next part of the challenge is to participate and fasting. Okay, what's fasting? There's different types of fast. There's a complete fast, and this is the most extreme. And there are some people in our church who have been gearing up for this and are going to go for it, or have done it in the past, where for 21 days they don't eat. It's a complete fast. They drink broths and liquid and juices, and, um, and they You kind of have to onboard into that, but they'll do a complete fast. Another, though, is a selective fast where you choose something in your diet and you take it out for a a period of time. So you would say, I'm not going to have sugar for 21 days, or I'm not going to have meat for 21 days, or I'm not going to have desserts or something, and you pull it out. This is, I I, I, I should have stressed this more in the other services. This is not a diet thing. This is not a weight loss thing. When you wanna lose weight, whatever you do to lose weight, you have to continue to do that to keep it off. That's a physical thing. This is not intermittent fasting uh, for weight loss reasons. This is a spiritual purpose that when you crave that thing, when you have those hunger pangs for that thing, it's reminding you to take captive your thoughts, to pray, to focus on that thing. It's a constant physical reminder Uh, of what you're trying to live out and what you're trying to do. Another type of fast is a partial fast. This is sometimes called a Jewish fast, where you would just take a portion of each day and you don't eat during that time. Maybe you'd say, well, I'm not going to eat before 3 p.m. or I'm not going to eat lunches for 21 days and I'm going to take that time and use it to pray or I'm going to take that time and the hunger that it builds up is going to remind me in the middle of the day here of, of what I need to be thinking about and, and what God's working on in me. Or a soul fast, and that's the type I was talking about earlier, where you take something that's influencing your soul, your mind, and you push pause on that for a season and you take a break from that voice or from that thing and, and, and pull back and you fast from that. That's the next part of the challenge. So pray a prayer outline every day. Participate in a fast of your choosing. And come to three nights of worship. Worship and prayer and communion and scripture reading. They're going to be powerful. They're going to be amazing. Please come gather with us for these these services where we just focus on, on those elements. They'll start next Sunday night, January 9th. That's normally our student service night. It still is. I'm calling the whole church to this. So we'll do some student service things all together as a church family at that one. It's going to be fun and it'll be powerful. And then the 16th and the 23rd at 7 p.m. So that's the challenge next week. I'll ask you to commit to it. Commit and I'm going to ask who's, who's buying in for this challenge. And what are the resources that can help you? The first is that Pray First book that I talked about. Those are available at the doors. Please take one. The daily prayer emphasis is back there. You can have something to pray each day. A Bible reading plan through First and Second Corinthians. It's just simple, broken up for 21 days. And then all these resources, more information on fasting, uh, more in-depth than what I just went through, all of this stuff is on the Rockbrook app and rockbrook.org slash prayer. I thank you so much for coming today. I thank you for your commitment to these things. I thank you for, uh, I'm so thankful for a church that as we make a stand for some of this stuff, you're here with me and you're making a stand with me and we're going to do this together and encourage one another and uh, I am out of time today but we are more next week so let's pray together as we close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for setting us free. We thank you for breaking our chains we thank you for making a way for us God we thank you for the words it is finished that on the cross the work was done I don't have to strive and work and come up with a way to be saved you made a way for me and God today we receive your salvation we receive your grace we receive this gift And God, we want to take a hold from that place of freedom, from that place of victory. We don't want to stay in bondage to anything in this world. Not when you've broken the chain. And so God, help us in this season to dedicate this to you. God, help us as we find freedom in you from these frustrations, these afflictions, God, these sins, these weights that are holding us down. God, I thank you for a church uh, that longs for that freedom. And so, God, we, we turn to you in this new year. God, we lay down everything uh, that we bring into it, all of who we are. We surrender everything in our mind under the authority of the word of God. And we seek you first. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today.